Welcome to episode 16 of The World and Everything You Need to Know. My name is Eric. If you have comments or concerns or have questions and topics you would like to hear featured on the podcast, there are two ways to reach the show. TWAEYNTK at gmail.com and TWAEYNTK on Twitter. Is bullying a recent phenomena? A cursory look at popular writings from any era reveals the answer to be no. Stephen King's debut novel, Carrie, published in 1974, centers around an adolescent girl who is relentlessly tormented by her high school classmates. In 1977, King published a novella entitled Rage, which detailed a boy bullied by his peers until he brought a hunting rifle to his high school and he used it to kill people who were the bane of his existence. In fact, Bullies and the victims of bullying appear throughout the pages of history, reaching as far back as Greek mythology. Taking a look at bullying through the lens of evolution, its origins make sense. Humans, as a species, are quite vulnerable to the environment and a majority of animals. Humans gained a foothold on survival by working together as cohesive collectives. Part of the power of a group is that it naturally encourages and rewards likenesses that group members have in common. Those who were different and did not conform to the needs of the group were a liability, and as a result were ostracized, condemned, and cast out. This does not mean that bullying and being like everyone else are necessarily good and admirable qualities in contemporary times. However, these qualities that were instrumental in survival are still with us today. Our ancestors who worked together in the primordial muck were able to reproduce and pass on their genetics to the subsequent generations. The initial outcasts had no chance of survival and no descendants. From a sociological perspective, bullying appears to be a part of human development. Although it may not be immediately apparent, most people have either been socially bullied or physically bullied to some degree in their developmental years. At its core, bullying is intimidation. Whether it is a simple indirect sliding like, you're not going to wear that, are you? Or a more direct, clear, and imminent threat like, I'm going to break your nose after school. Physical bullying primarily happens in elementary and early teenage years. Social bullying can start as early as elementary school, but tends to be most prevalent in high school. Regardless of the particular circumstance, bullying has a number of predictable outcomes. In one, the person who is bullied succumbs to it and either gets beaten up, changes the way they look or act, or becomes an outcast. Outcome number two, the bully is ignored. As a result, the bully moves on to someone else or gives up bullying because they do not find it a productive venue. Outcome number three, the bully is confronted and gets bested in some way, either physically or emotionally. Because the bully does not enjoy being on the receiving end of intimidation and violence, they give up bullying or change their tactics. Outcome number four, the individual being bullied finds someone to help. This is normally the least productive because it can be hard to prove someone is bullying an individual. 
Additionally, when bullying behavior is removed by an outside force, like a teacher or administrator, it normally does not go away and instead moves from one location to another. Outcome number five, a type of mediation happens between the bully and the person being bullied. They talk and realize they are not terribly different from one another and truly share more in common than they previously believed. Regardless of what the outcome may be, it sets a precedent for how individuals will deal with confrontation and intimidation for the rest of their lives. When bullies are confronted and bested, they are forced to reconsider how they interact with other people. When individuals are able to mediate difficult situations, they have learned a very valuable skill, and a boon has happened for both sides of the confrontation, with both individuals learning some empathy. It is important to note that bullying does not go away when high school ends. It continues throughout adulthood in various venues and to various degrees. At its core, it is people actively trying to intimidate their peers in order to gain a favorable outcome. Dealing with bullies in childhood prepares people for what they will likely have to contend with when they are trying to establish themselves in the world. It can be argued that when children are coddled and overly protected, they are much more likely to be taken advantage of and at a much higher risk of becoming victims as adults. Moving on from the evidentiary nature of bullying, there is a contemporary concern about the degree and intensity to which bullying is being done today. The worry is that it is more severe and having much worse consequences than any time in the past. There is no accurate way to measure whether or not that is true. However, the perception and belief that it is worse and more catastrophic than before is a result of modern media. What are referred to as news outlets are much less worried about facts and accurate representation and are much more concerned with sensationalism that will boost their ratings. When the media picks up a story and repeats it over and over, giving it an undue amount of attention, it creates cognizant dilation. What this does is it makes it seem as if something is much more common and immediate than it truly is. A quick example is the threat of child abduction by a stranger. There is a perception that it happens all of the time and that it can happen anywhere. It is true that when incidents like this do happen, they are very tragic. However, the frequency at which they occur is very rare. In fact, less than 100 children are abducted by strangers in the United States annually. For those who are affected, it truly is a nightmare. However, the chance of it actually happening is less than 1 in 4 million. Does that mean parents should completely lack concern regarding the safety of their children? Absolutely not. Take care of your children. Make sure they are safe, but you do not need to worry about them being abducted. You made it through childhood okay, and it is very likely they will too. Back to the point at hand, when there is a report about a shooting or some other tragic incident happening at a high school, it is on the news because it is uncommon and because the media knows it will attract viewers. These types of incidents are outliers and likely would happen regardless of whether or not bullying were a mitigating circumstance. A person of any age believing this type of behavior is an acceptable and justifiable form of acting out or retribution is not mentally aligned with the rest of society. 
saying that all bullying potentially results in horrific and tragic outcomes is like saying if someone is a murderer, they are also a cannibal. There are a couple of notable cases in which murderers did cannibalize their victims, but that does not mean it is a common occurrence. Treating outliers as if they are ordinary does not make sense. They are notable because they are unusual. Presenting them as if they are a typical representation of a category or group is misleading. There is no productive benefit found in a misrepresentation of the facts. The only thing it does is confuse and obscure the truth. Another concern is that increased intensity and frequency of bullying is leading to higher rates of suicide in at-risk teenagers. To reiterate the previously stated fact, there is no way to prove that bullying is worse today than it was in the past. There are a number of current reports that are trying to directly link the rate of teenage suicide with a marked increase in bullying. From a methodological standpoint, there is no way to do this outside of anecdotal cases which inherently are only representative of their own singular incident. The current claims that are being made are based upon limited and carefully selected data, not because it is representative of the population, but because it supports the claims being made. In order to present a more accurate representation of teenage suicide without claiming there is any provable link to bullying at all, I have taken a look at the raw data from which the statistical claims are based. The difference between my calculations and their calculations is not the numerical outcomes. The difference is, in order to get a more accurate and comprehensive look at any trends there may be, I took a look at data covering more than 60 years. While the people making current inaccurate claims only use two or three years of data in order to make their argument look convincing. The data being used in both cases is drawn from the Center for Disease Control. It is important to remember that in any case, more data over a longer period of time will give a more accurate, clear, and comprehensive picture of any trends people may wish to observe. Looking at the reported incidents of teenage suicide, there were 4.5 cases per 100,000 individuals in 1950. The number peaked in 1990 with 13.2 cases per 100,000 individuals and declined over the years down to 9.6 suicides per 100,000 individuals in 2003. In 2004, the number spiked up to 10.3 and then gradually returned to 9.6 suicides per 100,000 individuals in 2007. Since then, the number has gradually increased up to 11.5 suicides per 100,000 individuals in 2015. What do all of these numbers mean? There has not been a significant change in the number of suicides reported annually for teenagers since the tripling of the numbers from 1950 to 1990 when it reached an all-time high of 13.2 individuals for every 100,000 people. Since that time, the rate has been fairly consistent with mild changes from one year to the next. There is absolutely no indication that the numbers are directly or even indirectly linked to incidents of bullying. 
If that were the case, it would seem bullying has decreased significantly since 1990. It is ludicrous to claim any singular cause and effect relationship, especially when the data does not even indicate a notable or significant change has occurred. What can be said about bullying in the modern age is it is far more casual and much easier for people to participate in than any time in the past. With many individuals feeling tethered to the internet and the phenomena of social media, it can be difficult to find refuge from bullying behavior. However, aside from how traumatic childhood bullying may seem, the largest significant increase in bullying is carried out by parents and young adults, meaning individuals between the ages of 20 and 35. Online advocates for any number of questionable causes frequently engage in, promote, and participate in the public shaming of public and non-public figures on a daily basis. Make no mistake about it. Harassment, name-calling, and threats on Twitter or any other social media or message board is bullying. It is intimidation with the intent of changing an individual's behavior or used with the intent of making the targets feel bad and to lower their self-esteem. Why are people targeted for bullying and public shaming? There is no difference between whether it is a child bullying another child or a group of adults bullying another adult. It is because they are different physically, philosophically, politically, or otherwise. They are not liked and are the targets of bullying for no other reason than being different. It does not matter how justified the people engaging in public shaming may feel their cause may be. Defined by the actions and intent alone, it is bullying without a question. Bullies rarely feel what they are doing is undeserved or inordinately cruel and uncalled for. It does not matter the age of the bully or whatever excuse they may concoct in order to make themselves feel better and to look better in the eyes of their complicit compatriots. It is worth noting that a random survey of nearly anybody would result with overwhelming claims that bullying is horrible and inexcusable and should be prevented and discouraged. However, millions of online activists, by whatever name they wish to be called, actively participate in and support online bullying every single day. Whether or not young adults and parents recognize or admit to their bullying behavior, it is the largest significant contribution to bullying today. It sets a precedent and an attitude, spoken or not, that influences and affects the outlook and behavior of the children who are around them. If parents and online activists truly wish to reduce bullying and the influence it has upon kids, it is more productive for the parents to take the time and effort they expend sheltering their children and reallocate that effort into policing their own behavior.